Welcome to a new episode of the Bull Take Podcast. I'm Austin Waiter. This man next to me, of course, the Austin Hill and NFL episode here. But before you get into any more into this episode, go listen to our college football episode. First college football playoff rankings came out. A lot of things we liked. Some things, eh, you know, but a, a huge, maybe, you know, I know we talked about it earlier this season about it. This might be the best weekend of the college football season up to date with some of these big matchups coming up. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's uh, deciding time. Yes, it is. So go give that episode a listen. Uh, and we're going to get into it. But first, a quick shout out to the Texas Rangers. Won their first World Series ever last night. Congratulations. The legacy of failure is over. Yes. I appreciate y'all waiting till this time and not in 2011 when you, when you played the Cardinals to win your first World Series. Um, but yeah, I think it's safe to say our baseball predictions for the postseason were not even close. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Um, but now that's all for that NFL and boy, oh boy, have we had a lot happen trade deadline. We had the first coach firing we're going to get into as well. Um, and of course we're going to start with what we always do. Our biggest winners and losers of the weekend. Mr. Austin Hill, who is your biggest winner? Boy, oh boy! It was a it was a week for football. Yes, it 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 was quite it was quite an interesting week. I will say so. Um, I I'm gonna go ahead and give it to a, a team that we may or may not talk about a little bit. The uh, Carolina Panthers. Um, just to get that first win on the board finally, as much as it pains me because I really wanted that pick to be lower, as low as possible. That's and fair. No wins keeps it at number <laughs> one. Yeah, um, it's big for them to finally get that first win uh, with the new head coach, the new quarterback, and uh, you know against a pretty decent Texans team from what we've seen this season. So uh, a good win, and uh, you know to get that under your belt makes things a little bit easier as the season goes on. Yeah, um, I would almost pick the Panthers. However, I got to give it to a team that I hate giving them credit to. Because one of my friends, very annoying Broncos. But I got to go Denver Broncos. You ended the losing streak against the Kansas City Chiefs. Round of applause for you guys. An actual season's worth of losses in a row yeah. to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Peyton Manning was the starting QB the last time they won. That was eight years ago, Austin. Think about that. Eight years. We were both in high school still. We were both in high school still. That I is was 14 years old. I think. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the biggest winner. Biggest losers, oh man! Um, to say we have a couple of options here would be an understatement. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they won this game, and just as they start to make themselves more relevant in uh, the NFC North and in the playoff picture, Kirk Cousins gets hurt. Obviously, a guy they weren't really interested in keeping uh, this season, but because of the contract they signed, they had to finish it out. Um, and now he won't even finish uh, the rest of this season. Uh, Justin Jefferson is still on the IR. Um, and to make matters worse, uh, out of all the options they had to bring in at quarterback, they've gone with Josh Dobbs as the guy that they traded for, who literally just days ago lost his job yep. to uh, Clayton Toon and or Kyler Murray. Uh, if Kyler's able to make a comeback this week, I'm hoping he is. I have him in uh, a fantasy league, yeah, and I've been stashing so. him on yeah. the IR. Yeah, so I think I, I agree with you. I definitely think that that is a fair pick for the biggest loser. I mean, I'll, I'll second that with you. Uh, mine is an interesting one. I actually have to put the New York Giants here because that was one of the bigger chokes I've seen at the end, losing a game 
I mean, they had full control. They stopped the Jets on fourth down. It seemed like the Jets were, uh, the Giants were sealing the deal. Jets go down the field, force overtime, and kick a field goal too. I got to give them all the credit in the world to the Jets for getting it. But the Giants, I mean, I don't know how she can make this season worse. And not to mention losing Leonard Williams. That absolutely has to hurt you overall as a team. So I would absolutely agree with that uh, for mine. But now we got to get into topic number one. We had our very first head coach firing occur. And not only that, our first GM firing too. Yeah. Um, um, and our first offensive coordinator firing. Yeah, too. They they really cleared house. Yes, they did. And that's the Vegas Raiders. And a move that, huh, I mean, the only people on here were saying this move was going to fail yeah. moments after the move was made. Josh McDaniels fired. GM, offense coordinator. What are we talking about? Whole clearing house of the Vegas Raiders there. Um, I forget who you had as the first coach fired. I believe I picked Sean McVay. Uh, Sean, I wasn't praying on your downfall. I just thought maybe the circumstances you already clearly were trying to get out uh, this past offseason. So nothing personal, but this is uh, absolutely a guy that should have been at the top of the list. Uh, mine is Ron Rivera, and I think it's safe to say with some moves, he might be the next one. Um, yeah, <laughs> So he's close. not far behind. But let's talk about this for the Raiders now. Um, this is a team in dire straits, to say the least. They're 3-5. and five. Should be so much better. Josh McDaniels runs off the franchise QB that's been there for years. Thinks he can do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Doesn't work out. Makes several boneheaded decisions late in games. Kicking a field goal down eight with two minutes to go against the Steelers. Just the one among many. Um, Austin, I really don't know how to describe his tenure other than uh, pathetic. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it was embarrassing. Uh to say the least. Um, the fact that he was able to convince the fan base and ownership uh, that Derek Carr was just bad all of the sudden, even though he had had a career year the year prior, uh, was honestly unbelievable. And the fact that he's not still a Raider and he is in New Orleans now is a little bit disturbing to me. Uh, it, it's wrong. It was a guy who didn't want to leave. It's uh, I, I mean, you brought in Devontae Adams purely because he wanted to play with Derek Carr um, and you run him off. It, it really is just an embarrassing situation, and this just shouldn't have ever happened to begin with. The guy is not a good coach. It's been clear for a long time that he's not cut out to be uh, head coach material, uh, and that was further proven, and hopefully this is the last time we have to see Josh McDaniels lead an NFL team. I mean, fingers crossed. Let's hope so. Um, a fun fact I did learn on this, he actually lasted longer at the at the Broncos job before this one, uh, longer wow. than this Raiders job. Hey. That's that's pretty sad considering that one in Denver was even a bigger disaster. Damn. Considering that at Denver, his first year, they started 6-0 and and missed the playoffs. I mean, that takes talent. Yeah. How many um, times has that happened in NFL history? Once? Um, that's off the top of my head. I know the Giants that same season, they went 6-0 and and failed to make the playoffs. Wow. That's um, embarrassing. Um, trying to think if there's any more off the top of my head. No, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. It's been at least twice, though. Yeah, can confirm. Take the over on one and a half one, if they have people ask. Um, but that was the only big firing that happened. Nothing else big happened. Oh, wait. NFL trade deadline did occur. We had some big trades that happened. Not nearly as chaotic as last year, um, which I think is probably safe for us. Uh, these episodes run long sometimes already. Yeah. Um, it would have been chaotic, 
But we're going to go through some of the bigger trades that occurred. Some head scratchers in here. I'll go ahead and confess. Yep. But number one, uh, one that happened really about a week uh, earlier, but we didn't talk about it. Kevin Byard being traded from the Titans to the Eagles. This is such a good move. It is a great move. The Titans trading away away Terrell Edmonds. I can't speak, apparently. Trading away Terrell Edmonds and a 2024 fifth-round pick and a 2024 sixth-round pick. Yeah, um, the Eagles just love robbing the Titans blind, apparently. I don't know what else. Yeah, they just develop the talent and then ship it up to Philly to make some Super Bowl runs. Yeah. Uh, and that's clearly what it's been. Uh, great, great get. Um, they had, you know, some losses in the secondary. You talk about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson headed to Detroit. Yep. Um, so they needed some help out there uh, safety-wise, and why not go get one of the top guys in the biz? Yeah, um, I think it's safe to say, and, I mean, for – swapping safeties and getting a, and trading fifth and sixth, it'd be hard not to do it. Uh, it's a great move there. Hopefully the Titans realize maybe we should stop doing that, but the Eagles still have a lot of issues in their secondary too, so For this sure. definitely helps them. Next up, the New York Giants already hinted at trading Leonard Williams, and I love this deal too, to the Seattle Seahawks. This is exactly what Seattle needed, a big nose tackle in there to wreck havoc on that D-line who we've talked about. The Giants... Of course, getting a 2024 second-round pick and a 2025 fifth-round pick. So far, two for two on these teams, making some big-time moves to get acquisitions on defense. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one thing you talk about with Seattle, you know, the defensive line was a bit of concern. Um, So they go and add Frank Clark as he uh, hits free agency, as he gets bought out. And now they go and get um, Leonard Williams here. They really have seen the big issue, and they're fixing that problem as they start to really gear up to make the postseason. Yeah, um, they absolutely are, and I give them credit. And the Giants, I mean, honestly, I don't blame them. Getting a second-round pick, I think that's pretty good. I think you take yeah. that in a season where it's safe to say things have not worked out. Yeah, and financially, you know, you spent some big money, and you're probably going to have to spend some more big money on Saquon this offseason. Um, you look at that Leonard Williams deal, uh, and some somebody had to go. Yeah, Um you had to think about it. But this next one actually occurred on trade deadline day. The Washington Commanders trading edge Montez Sweat to the Bears, to the Chicago Bears, in exchange for a 2024 second-round pick. This is the second straight year at the deadline. The Bears are trading their second-round pick. Uh, you have the floor, sir. How do you feel about this move? Oh, man, at the beginning of the year, this is such a great deal. I love Montez Sweat. I'm so happy to have him in Chicago. Um Comparatively to the Chase Claypool deal, it's going to draw a lot of comparisons because you Obviously. know s- similar circumstances. Montez Sweat is much better uh, in his NFL career than Chase Claypool was. This is a much more proven talent. <laughs> um, this is not a you know maybe we maybe we can figure him out kind of move. This is a they, we know what we're getting with this guy, and we need him to plug <laughs> him in. Um, absolutely, the Bears need help on the edge. Um, the big question for me is it's an expiring contract. Um, he's an older yep. guy, and we'll talk about uh, – not old, old, um, but a couple years older than Chase Young, who we'll talk about in a second, I'm sure, getting yep. uh, dealt um, for a third-round pick. So, you know, I probably would have rather – personally would have rather had the younger Chase Young – uh, even though Montez Sweat has produced a little bit more in his NFL career. And by that, I really just mean he's been healthy. Yeah. Uh, when Young's been on the field, he's been a force to 
reckon with. Um, but Montez Sweat's a solid addition. We need help on the defensive line. Uh, but I wished it had been closer to what happened with Khalil Mack, where we basically already had the contract extension done, and then we dealt for Khalil Mack, and then he signed the contract on the plane over. Uh, I kind of wish we had had something similar to that happen here in this game, uh, in this situation. But as long as we get the deal done and Montez Sweat comes back, I won't complain. Um, I feel like spending a second-round pick in a year where we're down is kind of unfortunate. You know, making the playoffs is going right. to be hard. Making a push is going to be hard this year. But if we can lock him up on an extension, then absolutely, I think this is a great deal. Uh, but I, I wish this deal had been made earlier in the season because clearly the defensive line has been a big issue to why we're off to such a poor start. And having somebody like Montez Sweat on the defensive line at the beginning of the year certainly could have changed uh, some of our fortunes. Yeah, um, definitely. That could have definitely changed it. Of course, another big thing, Jalen Johnson, secondary. People thought he was getting dealt. He requested a trade, another contract that might not have worked out too well. How do you feel about him staying here? Now, he didn't get traded at the deadline. That's a big thing to remember. How do you feel about him staying here and not getting dealt? Um, well, I'm happy to see that you know he's – committed to playing and giving his all for the Bears for the rest of this season to prove himself. Um, but how do you mess this one up? Uh, he's a premier corner. He's proven this year that he's one of the best corners in the NFL. I mean, the big question with Jalen Johnson since coming into the NFL was he's good in coverage, but he has an issue catching the football. He's put him, He puts himself in situations to knock balls away, but he doesn't catch a lot of interceptions. And, you know, it was a wonder if, you know, could he be that big playmaker? And this year's interception numbers are through the roof. He's holding on to the ball. He's creating takeaways for this team. Um, And the fact that reports are saying that they were lowballing him is unbelievable. Uh, I'm glad we held on to him. He's committed to the Bears. Uh, He said he's not interested in talking negotiation, contract negotiations the rest of the year. He's interested to talk about it in the offseason when uh, everybody else gets their fair say. Uh, But this was a blunder from the Bears. Uh, This should have been a guy you locked up and you paid money, uh, especially with $100 million to spend. And, uh, I mean, right now nobody to spend it on. Might as well uh, start making a dent in it now uh, with some guys who are proven talents. Um, this could be a real blunder of the offseason if we can't uh, get uh, a long-term deals locked up with Montez Sweat and Jalen Johnson. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more on that. And, I mean, to me, I felt like at the start of the year, at least it's just me, I felt the Bears were a year away. Like, this was a year where they would get those new pieces coming in, and then this next year would be the year they could probably start clicking and maybe being a contender for the postseason. That's at least what I thought, and I think this move for Montez Sweat and keeping Jalen Johnson, and again, so much cap space you guys are going to have entering the year. And keep in mind, this team's having two first-round picks. You wonder what moves could be made with those. Maybe you get Justin Fields an elite receiver, or, you know, like people think always happens, you look to get Justin Fields' replacement. Something There's plenty of different ways to look at it if you're the Bears. So this is a, honestly a good deal, in, at least in my opinion, for that. But the next one, we had a quarterback dealt at the deadline. This man already hinted at it. Joshua Dobbs going from Arizona to Minnesota in exchange for the six-round pick. And, of course, for obvious reasons, Kirk Cousins, ruptured Achilles, out for the season on a team with the Minnesota Vikings where I kind of understand you're 4-4, four and four, you can't tank, you can't really say you're an elite competing team. Um, you're kind of stuck legitimately in the middle. 
And so getting a quarterback like Josh Dobbs, I think can't hurt. And something I learned, um, Josh Dobbs actually has the same agent as Kirk Cousins. So you wonder if that was a connection that led to this Probably. deal occurring. Uh, and you already hinted at you not maybe not the biggest fan of this. No, uh, I think going out and getting quarterbacks a good move, but I don't hate Josh Dobbs, but he's a guy whose performance has, again, led to earlier this week, Cardinals saying, we're going to go somewhere else. Uh, I mean, they've been in games this year, which is the craziest thing. And uh, to get Kyler back, it'd be one thing if Kyler was 100% back, I'd get Josh Dobbs losing his job. But they're saying even if Kyler's not back, Clayton Toon's got it. Right. They're clearly looking for a change. I think there were better options and, uh, for this team to make, but I guess this is the deal that they struck. Oh, they only gave up a six-round pick. It's not worst-case scenario. Yep. Uh, but we'll see how the BYU man, Jaron Hall, does this yep. year as he is going to get the start while Josh Dobbs learns the playbook. Yep. Um, but I'm excited. I liked Jaron Hall in college, and uh, I, I'll be excited to see uh, his performance. I'll be rooting for him. Uh, I am too, and he's playing another QB that we both love, Taylor Heineke, another fun one. A man who, I mean, again, we should just say it after last year, should have been the starter in Washington. Should yeah. have been last year. Should have been the year before that and this season as well. Don't look at us. Look at his winning he's done when he was at Washington. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Sam Howell's done a great job there, um, but it, it sh they should have never been in a situation where they got Sam Howell. Uh, they and they had winning teams. They were making the postseason. Exactly. Uh, you gotta you gotta get get with what's working and stop trying to make everything Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And this next trade we're going to talk about is actually the Vikings trading away trading guard Ezra Cleveland to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's safe to say this deal. Hurts the Vikings, obviously, losing one of their better alignment. But for Jacksonville, a team that has had struggles protecting Trevor Lawrence this year, this is a deal that had to be made. And all it took was giving up a six-round pick. Yeah, this is a great deal. Obviously, you know, uh, the offensive line looks a little bit different uh, this season compared to last year. They lost Shawan Taylor to the Kansas City Chiefs in free agency. Uh, they brought back their other tackle, whose name I'm blanking on right now. But then Walker Little? Uh, uh no, it's uh it was in the free agency. He's the guy that got suspended for PEDs that really oh, cost him. Uh, Cam Robinson. Yes, yes, thank uh, you. Cam Robinson comes back but gets suspended for PEDs, so they have to spend a first round pick on Antoine Harrison yep. uh out of Oklahoma. And so, you know, a lot of shakeup. They needed help on the inside of that line, which Antoine Harrison may be able to rotate into the inside. Uh, that's where a lot of people thought he was gonna go after the draft. Um, but this certainly helps. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, you talk about it. This is a guy who's young, yep. second or third year uh, guy. Um, this this move made no sense to me if you're the Vikings. Um, Especially if you're going out and getting another quarterback. Yeah, if you're looking to contend, um, and even if you're not, like, you know, maybe next year might be a rebuild year for this team uh, with, you know, the way the money's been spent and they're kind of in trouble and the Lions really seem to be the forefront of the NFC North right now. Um, if you're going to end up going into a rebuild, having good young offensive linemen is not a bad thing no, ever. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so six-round pick, sure, I get it. This is a great move for the Jaguars. Another head scratcher to me for the Vikings. And to clarify, this is his fourth year fourth out of year. Boise, out of Boise State. So yeah, you're right, absolutely. He's a younger player. It's kind of a surprise move, but really the Vikings, it seems, they're trying to shift things. You wonder maybe if they're getting set up where they can make some moves, make some trades. Maybe this sets up a Justin Jefferson deal in the offseason where you get draft picks and can start over with um, a couple of QB options in the draft this year. You yeah. wonder. Um, this next deal, 
the deal of the deadline. Oh my gosh. I can't believe the NFL has allowed this to happen. Yeah. Washington commanders trading former number two overall pick chase young to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a 2024 comp, uh, comp third round pick. It's not even theirs. It's an extra one they got because you know, when it comes to compensation and compensatory, making those moves to get the picks, um, all I have to say, 49ers, holy cow. Uh, I read a crazy article about this deal. Um, they have a chance to really not even lose a pick in this deal. If Chase Young leaves in the offseason and they don't re-sign him, they will get a comp- compensation third-round pick for him. Wow. So they literally had nothing so to lose. So they have nothing to lose in this trade, uh, which is really flabbergasting to me. Uh, I, I guess the injuries are uh, a bit of a question mark. He'll fit in there in San Francisco yep. uh, and that mark. But he's a solid talent. He's a great player when he's on the field. It is truly, truly astonishing to me uh, that this is all they asked for. For both of these talented edge rushers, all they asked for was a second and a third when they could have gotten a lot more. I'm not saying I believe f- both guys were first round picks too. I know Chase Young was. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure Montez Sweat was too. I think so as well. I'm not saying that you could have gotten first round picks for these guys, but you could have gotten a lot more than just seconds and thirds. Uh, it seemed like they were really just trying to offload some expiring contracts and get some draft compensation uh, as you head into uh, what's a clear rebuild for them. Yeah, um, and let's just think about it. I mean, I posted this, and I think it's fair. It feels illegal to have Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Javon Hargrave, and Eric Armstead all on the same defensive line. And it, you think it feels about, unfair. Uh, Randy Gregory will be joining this defensive line. Oh, my line. gosh. We have Javon Kinlaw, who was drafted a couple years ago, on this defensive line. Good it, luck. <laughs> it, it's truly unbelievable the defensive line that they've built. And, uh, you know, guys are going to stay fresh, too. You just throw in another elite talent on the field uh, when one guy gets tired. And you think about it, let's say they let Eric Armstead, who's a free agent, they may let him walk into offseason, sign Chase Young back. There is you a pass-rushing duo for at least the next five to six years. Yeah, uh, you know, you thought college QBs had it bad with Chase Young and uh, Nick Bosa uh, at Ohio State. Well, here you go. Here it is again. <laughs> um I'll say, Rusty in the NFC West, Geno, Matthew Stafford, even Kyler's come back from injury. Uh, good luck, guys. Hope you're ready to scramble. Yeah, uh, Kyler's used to it. Yep. But this next one is kind of a quiet, underrated one. Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver for the Browns, being traded from the Cleveland to the Detroit Lions for a 2024 six-round pick. And, I mean, this is just another deal for the Lions. It makes sense. Um you know, the Lions, of course, lost DJ Chark to free agency this past year. Now they're bringing in a guy to maybe replace him and really just help boost an offense even more. Yeah, uh, the wide receiver two and three spots kind of open out there in Detroit right now. You have obviously Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, eventually, they want to get Jamison Williams to that wide receiver two level. Um, but right now, you know, he's in and out injuries and other stuff that's keeping him from being a hundred percent with this team right now. Uh, and I, the wide receiver number three, they're doing a lot of Khalif Raymond and he's a fun gadget yep. player, but I, I don't know if he can really stick as a, as a starting one. Him receiver. and Josh Reynolds, another semi veteran that's been there. Uh, yeah. And this kind of maybe gets that future wide receiving core right there. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, now Donovan Peoples Jones. Absolutely. All right, and this next deal 
we will say is the final deal that occurred before the deadline that we are going to at least talk about the Green Bay Packers. This one kind of surprised me, honestly. Trading Rasul Douglas starting corner to the Buffalo Bills in exchange for a 2024 third round pick. Um, for the Packers, like I said, this surprised me. For the Bills, um, this is a great move. You lose Tredavious White. You need some help in that secondary. And Rasul Douglas is a pretty good piece. Yeah, uh, you know, if you really think about the turnaround last year or the year before for Rasul Douglas. I think it was two years ago. He was in Arizona, kind of struggling. They trade him to Green Bay, meet him the next week. He has the game ceiling yep, interception. That's right. And it's really been uphill for him since then. He's really started to put it together the last couple of years. Like you said, kind of surprising. He's been kind of a uh, familiar face out there in that secondary with Darnell Savage yep. and Jair Alexander. Uh, and a team in Green Bay that is still definitely uh, in the heat of it uh, in the playoff race, um, trying to stay in it. Uh, so it is a shocker, but this is absolutely a great move for Buffalo, like you said. This certainly helps add a proven piece to their secondary that's missing its star again. Um, and so good move for the Bills. The third-round pick means nothing if you can go out there and uh, win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and another big thing, he is signed through next season too. So they're so, going to have him for multiple seasons if this works out or they trade him away in the offseason. Uh, but something else to think about for the Packers, remember Eric Stokes, they had their first-rounder. They could be working to move him up there with Jair Alexander. Absolutely. But now, enough about trades, enough about coaches' firings. Let's get to this week's slate of games, and I'm not going to lie. This is probably the best slate of games in a single week in the NFL so far this year. And not only that, it's four games we're going to be picking, all at different portions of the day. So you get a main game in each portion. And man, oh man, what a start to the day. 8.30 a.m. in Germany. Well, at least not 8.30 a.m. in Germany. It'll yeah. be 8.30 here, but they're playing in Germany. My 6-2 and two Miami Dolphins, 6-2 and two Kansas City Chiefs. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it speaks for itself in this game, Austin. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Take the over. Uh, 51 currently. I, I'd absolutely take the over. It's going to be a fun ball game. Um, I'm really excited to see these two teams face off as some of the premier powerhouses in the AFC. Absolutely. So you already said you take the over. Now the question is, who do you take in this game? Like I said, in Germany, so it's not the same Arrowhead or Miami. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun game, back and forth. Uh, but Kansas City has kind of had some struggles, and they're kind of getting through these games barely right now, it feels like. Uh, but I think that right now, I'll say it confidently, I think Miami's the better team in getting Jalen Ramsey back, and it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. It's I think Patrick Mahomes throws two interceptions in this yeah. game. Uh, um, I'm going to give this one to Miami. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Can we talk about that factor? Jalen Ramsey, wasn't expected to come back till the end of the season, is back right as November starting, which is probably the most pivotal month in the NFL schedule. Absolutely. So I absolutely love it. If Jalen Ramsey wasn't back, I would still probably pick the Chiefs, but I think having Jalen Ramsey back brings more confidence to that Miami defense. I'm absolutely with you. And actually, before we get any further, I have completely forgot we have the pick records here. As they were mentioned, yeah, I know. I can't believe I did that. We did the college football ones. If you missed them, Austin Hill, 19 and 15. Me, 18 and 16 in college football. NFL, we've done a couple more picks than that. You are in first place in the NFL as well, sir. Wow. 24 and 18. You've been doing pretty well. Sheesh. Okay. This one, but much like that one, is really doesn't matter about strategy picks because we're super close. I am 22 and 20. We're having a great year. 
overall, you combine all of them. I haven't done that math. I'm not going to do it off the top of my head. But overall, it's winning when you combine them both. So if you're just going off our game picks, that's good. Betting records, a little bit of a different story. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the next game we're going to talk about, man, oh, man, another game. This is the game on the 12 o'clock slate. Five and two Seahawks, six and two Ravens, two teams that are trying to be- enter that conversation of contenders for being a Super Bowl team. And really, a win like this for both of them, I mean, either one of them is going to be a major positive. Austin, what do you think, and how do you think this game plays out? Oh, I think we might see uh, kind of a low-scoring game in this one. Uh, obviously, the Ravens like to keep it slow, run the ball. Um, but what I am really excited to see is Kenneth Walker. This guy is a freak. Uh, Seattle is really likes using him. Um, and kind of a couple slow performances for him as of late, so we'll see if they try to get that rushing game really going and have Geno working off that play action to that great wide receiving core. Um, but I'm going to go Baltimore in this one. They've really kind of hit a high right now, and they're riding the wave right now and keeping a, a strong performances ahead. Lamar looks really good right now. Yes, he does. Do you think he's in the MVP conversation? I think he's got to be. I think he has to be too, um, but not ahead of two. I think we can both agree on that. Uh, absolutely. That. And speaking of that, I'll go ahead and hint at it. Next week, NFL, we're going to look back at our preseason predictions. Oh, I love it. Yes, we are. Uh, and I don't remember off the top of my head who you picked for MVP. Uh, I think it was Justin Fields. Uh, hey, I respect it. Hey, I respect it. I stand by it. If he's healthy, he'd be the MVP right now. I'm mad I didn't pick Tua because I was choosing between him and the other guy, but the other guy looks like he's starting to turn it on. So, Yeah, uh, well, Joe <laughs> But Burr. that's for next week. Um, for this game, man, I really, really don't know off the top of my head. This is going to be a close, close game. Um, but I don't know. I said it. I bought in the hype on Geno last year. You know what? Let Geno Smith cook and mark my words. Geno Smith enters the MVP conversation after this game. Geno Smith and the Seahawks go on the road. They win this game against the Ravens. And keep in mind, this is also a Seahawks team with the Niners losing the last couple of weeks is in first place in the NFC West. Yeah, that is uh that's unbelievable. Uh, Geno. I should have been an MVP finalist, in my opinion, last year. Agreed. Um, so I'd love to see him back in that race. Absolutely. But now we got two more picks here. The game of the afternoon slate. You knew whenever these two faced up, whenever whenever we talked about it in the preseason, you knew these two, we'd talk about them. Cowboys, Eagles, 5-2 and two Cowboys, 7-1 and one Eagles in Philly, main afternoon game. Uh, I mean, the script writes itself for the NFL. I mean, they legit wrote the script out beautifully for this yeah. game. NFC East battle, what you thinking here? Oh, I, I've got the Eagles uh, easy right now. Um, they're really catching stride. Even in Jalen Hurts' bad games, this team has picked up his slack, but he's starting to figure it out again. And A.J. Brown is unstoppable. No Trayvon Diggs. Stephon Gilmore is going to have a tough night. But even if Gilmore can step up and lock down A.J. Brown, you've got Devontae Smith. you got Julio Jones yep, who's starting to hit his him. stride. Um, had an unbelievable touchdown catch in last week's ball game. Um, so I think it's going to be hard-pressed to stop this Eagles offense that's running full speed ahead right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I could not agree more with you. I think the Cowboys do have a legit chance to win this game. Though. Absolutely. Um, they, they're looking good right especially now. Especially if they can get that passing game going against Kevin Byard and that Eagles. I mean, really, it's Kevin Byard, Darius Slate, and that's really it for the Eagles yeah. secondary right now. So if they can be aggressive through the air, I could see them maybe winning. But I am going to go with Philadelphia. It's in Philly. It's hard for me not to pick them. But I will say, if the Cowboys go on the road and win this game, 
I mean, I hate to say it, but we need to enter them in the conversation of best teams in the NFL. For sure. They they are they are playing really well, right? I know. Now. And I, I don't want to enter them into it, but I mean, you have to enter them into it yeah. after this. But last game we're gonna pick here. Boy, oh boy, Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow, Bills and Bengals on Sunday night. Can't wait. It'll be in Cincy. And I know what people are gonna say, you look at last year, you hope that this game is fully played. And more importantly, DeMar Hamlin gets some big moments in it too. Uh, really, again, the Bengals are looking good now. They look like they are fully back after beating the Niners. I think we can all say that. And the Bills are kind of struggling, but they're 5-3. and three. They're still a playoff contender. These are still two of the top QBs in the NFL, and they're going out on Sunday night, Austin. Absolutely. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, hopefully... Um, we can put the the broadcast will put yeah. aside the Demar. Yeah, I hope so. Talk. That's the only reason I said that was I mean we no, absolutely. I'm with you for sure. That that is something you certainly think about. Uh, but, but that matchup from last year, we don't need to hear it. But the whole game, yeah, we don't need the broadcast marred by uh, what happened last year. Obviously, that's not the talk of the game. We want to see the game played, and we want to hear the game played. Certainly, it's going to be something that I think we should address maybe in the pregame. Uh, and maybe if he has a big game, you talk to him about his thoughts compared last year uh, to this year. Um, you know, just a year later playing the same team, um, you know, having maybe some big moments if he has some big moments in this game. But otherwise, I think it should be dropped. Um, it's not the topic of the game. It's not the conversation these two teams want to have. It's two powerhouses in the AFC who are finding their stride, matching up. This is going to be a great game. Uh, I really like the Bills. I picked them to win the Super Bowl again because I'm a psychopath. Uh, but <laughs> I've got the Bengals in this game. They're rolling, and they look unstoppable. And when Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase look this good, it's hard to pick against them. Yeah, uh, I hate to say it, I'm right there with you. Um, I just think Cincinnati, uh, you know, again, like that meme, like I said from a few weeks ago, I think they have their swagger back. Yeah. I think it's safe to say it. So I'm going to go Bengals with you here. And now we're getting into bet of the week records, which we already said for the NFL or for college football, this man's five and six, I'm five and eight. That's not good. So surely NFL is better. Well, um, we are both four and five. Okay, we're right there. We're right there. So, I mean, we're basically eight. We're eight and ten. Yeah. So, I mean. Hopefully you bet big on the wins. Yeah. Um. Hopefully you could see into the future and know yep. whether these worked out and or not. And you bet small on the losses. Yeah. Um. Don't, don't be like me and think, oh, well, I'll just bet the yeah. same for all of them. It'll work out. But, Austin, bet of the week, NFL, week nine, what do you got? Get us back to 500. I'm betting an ugly, disgusting game here. I'm going Commanders-Patriots under 40 and a half. Ooh. I think this is going to be one of the grossest games you've ever seen. You think it's going to be one of the grossest ones? Yes. Okay. Hey, listen, I respect that. I respect that because I agree. I think it's going to be an absolutely disgusting game. It might make me throw up from yep. watching it. But, man, this game, for my bet of the week, you already know where I'm going. You already know. It's always the over. It's always the over. You got to take the over. Dolphins, Chiefs, over 51. Absolutely. This is one to take. It, it's one to take. You know, I bet against the Dolphins in an over a few weeks ago when it was like over 53, and they did it in a few quarters. Um, the one thing I will say, though, the Chiefs offense has had its struggles, but if it's Miami like we both expect, this should definitely be able to hit. So give me the over. Plus, I think it's fair to say, 
you're a you're a pansy if you don't bet the over in this game. Yeah, um, I'd like to know the numbers on every time we've bet the over in college football and NFL, how well we're doing, because I can think of right now, I think they've almost all hit. I, I also think so. I know my college football over from last week hit, so um, hopefully this is another one we can add to the resume. Yeah. But that is going to be it for this NFL episode. A lot has happened this past week, Austin. We're basically at the midway point. Now these teams get to play it out. And Steelers, Thursday night football tonight, please win. I'm begging you, please win. But that is going to be it for this episode. Stick around because this is not our final one. We're going to have an NBA preview come out. And this man, as I said in college football, we waited a few weeks. People are like, why are you waiting? And then, bang, you have it. James Harden trade. Big one happened. We'll break that down and our predictions for the whole season and more. Uh, I'm excited to talk NBA. This is going to be an interesting season. Yeah, absolutely. Feels balanced. Feels like anybody's ball game right now. Yep, especially Indiana Pacers. Just ignore losing by 50 to the Celtics last night. But that's going to be it for this episode. That is Austin Hill. I'm Austin Waiter. We want to thank you for listening.